You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode... We're conflating cartoons with cat food in Fab Facts. Turning it off and on again won't solve this computer problem in the randomizer. And at last, Jamie's back in the hot seat with Jeremy Hitchin. Oh, that's all coming up in this sesquicentennial episode. Of what? Of the Jerry Anderson Podcast! Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Um, so, this, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, hang on. Well, uh, I'm gonna yeah, let well, me do the thing. Go on. This episode of the it, Jerry Anson podcast is brought to you by the word sesquicentennial. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Well, it means the 150th anniversary of something. So it's not quite true because this isn't the 150th anniversary of the podcast. It's the 150th mm. episode anniversary. Yeah. And <laughs> credit where credit's due. I didn't know the meaning of that word. It was put into the script by producer Ben Page. Thank you, Ben. And um, <laughs> so I had to read it. Uh, could we break it down? Sesquicentennial. What what part of that means? Well, there's a centennial at the end there, which is your hundred. Yeah. Your, your, your qui is probably your fifty, isn't it? Well, I just assumed that sesqui was sesqui. Is mm. you know half yeah. and maybe well, half and a hundred. Yeah. Anyway, we, we need Susie Dent. That's what we need. If only we had somebody in Dictionary Corner. But look over there (laughs) in Randomizer Corner. Look! It's Chris Dale. (laughs) There he he is. is. Hi, Chris. Furiously flicking through a very oversized OED there. So uh, hopefully he'll give us the etymology of sesquicentennial. I can't say it now. I could say it earlier. Uh, He'll (laughs) give us the meaning of that later on. Uh, What else other than Chris Dale's OED flicking is coming up in this episode this 150th episode of the Joe Anderson podcast, Richard James. Well, Jamie Anderson, we're in a celebratory mood, aren't we? Because we never thought we'd get this far. I mean, I, I certainly <laughs> didn't. So I'm going to bring you some ways, uh, dear listener, that you could celebrate our 150th episode a little later on in the podcast. And that's on top of all the usual gubbins. Yes, I said it. Fab facts coming up in just a moment. We've got the first part of Jamie's interview with Terror Hawks legend Jeremy Hitchin. Oh dear, Jeremy, so lovely. Yes, uh, we've also got uh, some news from the Jerry Anderson universe because even though Jerry Anderson Day is well past us now, there's still brand new stuff happening right now. Well, there really is. Yeah, um, and we've got, of course, some emails and um, tweets and uh, Facebook posts from our podsterons who've been emailing us in at podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk. They've been posting on our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podsterons, and they've been hashtagging us Jerry Anderson Podcast. All that to come. This is all brilliant news. And uh, I've just been approached by Chris Dale, who right. is passing me Uh-oh. a slip of paper. Right. Thank you, Chris. Is it ah. P45? <laughs> no, Chris has the answer here to uh, the etymology of sesquicentennial. Uh, centennial, as you're right, means of 100 years. But yes. sesqui means one and a half. Oh, did Chris, you know I didn't that? know that. Thanks. Brilliant. So, Chris, no, thank you for, for that. Yeah, OK, he's back off to uh, Randomizer Corner now to yes. prepare for Quite something right later you. on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very exciting. Um, 
uh, Richard, uh, you know, I must give you my thanks and praise and good wishes. Uh, yes, you must, yes. For uh, sticking with 150 episodes of the Joe Anson yeah. podcast. A little <laughs> thing which, you know, came off the back of Fab Live all those years ago when I have a That's feeling right. we were taking a stroll by the river and eating an ice cream. Does that sound right to you? It's uh, in Cookham when you first mentioned it. And you, do you know you said to me, it's a little bit of emotional blackmail. I think I mentioned this before. He said, I'll only do it if you do it with me. Yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it was great. true then and it remains as true now. So <laughs> don't quit because then I'll stop as well. Oh, right. Well, well maybe well, that there point. are some people begging for that moment yeah, and we mustn't exactly. we mustn't play into their hands. Uh, <laughs> anyway, look, uh, 150 means really we should try and aim for a very special or unique fab fact. Do you think you can manage that today? I mean, it'd make a change, wouldn't it? Okay, right. Well, let's focus on this week's fab facts. Now, time for this week's fab facts. Richard James, as you know by now, as we are 150 pods in and we've been doing fab facts yes. for, there must be at least Ever. at least 100 of them. Mm. Uh, I've got a book of fab facts. <sighs> I flick through the book, you shout fab at a random point where I stop flicking and then I read you out the fab fact from that page when we discuss, dissect and enjoy it. Okay, all right. Emphasis yeah. on enjoy. Are you ready? Oh, I see. Yes, I, I will try. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, here you go. Fab! Oh, I see. Hmm? Right. What? What have I done? Okay, Richard. Hmm. Richard, if I say the words boss cat to you... Yes? What do you think of? Boss Cat, there's a cartoon when I was growing up, it was called Boss Cat in the UK, but Top Cat in, in the US, I think. And the weird thing was, I think they had to change it because of some brand issue. But the weird thing was, in the show, they still called him TC, even though the show is now called Boss Cat. See, I only ever saw it as Top Cat when I was a kid. Isn't that strange? That is strange. Maybe well, they, yeah. Hopefully, this fab fact will elucidate some things here, but I don't know why we're talking about uh, Top Cat no. yet, but we'll find out shortly. So, yes, Great. Top okay. Cat... Top Cat, mm-hmm. uh, the Hanna-Barbera cartoon from the 1960s. <clears throat> oh, right. Very, I very, mean, very remember. old. Now, of course, you saw yes. it when it was re- no. well, re-shown, same as yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it was first shown in the UK in 1962, the BBC renamed the show to Boss Cat because yes. there was a cat food named Top Cat on sale at the time. They didn't want to be seen as somehow promoting it. You know, doing the BBC uh. thing when they say other cat foods are available, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yes. Unfortunately, the show's rebranding was handled in a rather clumsy but also very amusing way. The very formal BBC announcer would introduce the show as Boss Cat. Yeah. Uh, then the show would launch into the regular Top Cat theme, which of course yes. opens with the words, Top Cat! Yeah, and then repeats that over and over and over again. Yes. Then at the very end of the titles, a BBC made Boss Cat title card will be inserted to replace the original logo. Even though within the show, as you've already pointed out, close friends still call him TC. TC! That's right. Yeah, I haven't seen that show for years. I've got a slight hankering for it now. The BBC continued to show Boss Cat until 1989, until finally, thankfully, Top Cat brand cat food was no more. Sorry, Top Cat cat food. And right. then the BBC started calling it Top Cat again. Which brings us to the end of this week's Top... <laughs> oh, no, hang on. What? Sorry, so what's the Jerry Anderson? What's the Jerry Anderson connection? It was connection? all very silly. It didn't fool anyone. Yeah. No. And, of course, as you've noted, it's not yes. Anderson-related in the slightest. No. However, however... Not long after Boss Cat became Top Cat again, a certain much-loved Anderson series got a similar BBC makeover regarding not Ah. its title, but its logo. 
Oh, it's Logo. That show was Joe 90. Of course it was. So, no, luckily, there was no cat food named Joe 90. Not yet, but I'm sure some entrepreneurial animal <laughs> food maker is off now. We're going to put that together. Yes, but got to happen. But there was a toy line that you may have heard of named G.I. Joe. Well, yeah. Yeah. Of course you have. In the yeah. early 1990s, ITC Los Angeles got it into their heads that the original Joe 90 logo looked too much like the logo that was then being used by the G.I. Joe toys. So they decided that the Joe 90 series needed a new logo. <laughs> right, okay. So when the BBC <laughs> broadcast Joe 90 from 1994 to 1997, those repeats carried a brand new logo in place of the original. The logo was also used on almost all of the show's merchandise and toys and comics and stuff at the time. Really? Yeah. Now, famously, the BBC had great success with reruns of Thunderbirds, Stingray and Captain Scarlet in the evening time slots. You remember BBC Two cult stuff? Indeed. Sci-Fi um, Zone. Oh, God, I love that. Uh, but they put Joe 90 out very early on Saturday mornings where it could only get a fraction of the viewers that those others had. Well, that's the, that's the reasoning that uh, is said here. Uh, yeah, and uh, yes. because it was airing in a children's time slot, it was also edited for violence. Which well, Joe 90, yes. rather begs the question of why show that series in a kid's time slot at all. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, and any episodes that had a pre-title sequence was re-edited to put the revised opening titles at the very start of the episode. Oh, wow. In short, the BBC sort of mauled Joe 90 a bit uh, and probably would have been better off showing it uncut in the same time slot as Thunderbirds and the rest. But then they also went on to make a bit of a mess of their UFO and Space 1999 repeat. So clearly it was nothing personal against Joe, uh, allegedly. Uh, Oddly enough, Bravo and Nickelodeon in the UK were both broadcasting Joe 90 uncut and unedited and with its original logo during the same years the BBC was showing it. What? So clearly they weren't afraid of G.I. Joe. How strange. So the BBC being a little bit overcautious there. Well, but it says it comes from ITC Los Angeles. Yes. So may, maybe that maybe ITC said to the BBC, look, if you're going to do it, then you need to indemnify us against any action by the G.I. Joe guys. Yeah. So you can either use this new logo and yeah. we'll you know, we'll cover you or you have to insure yeah. yourselves. And so obviously being a public corporation, they yes. heard on the side of caution. Yeah, sorry, what did this have to do with Boss Cat again? <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> and of course, we we haven't mentioned that, uh, you know, Space Precinct was originally Space Police, the series, yes. but uh, had to be changed because of uh, the Lego toy range. Yes, and Precinct 44 so rather than 88, right? Um, yes, but 44 was Japan, wasn't unlucky, it? yeah. Mm, that's right, yes. So, yeah. Amazing. Gosh, do you think we have to change our name from the Jerry Anderson podcast to, I don't know, something else? <laughs> what are we going to change it to? Uh, Benji and Nick Show? Oh, yeah, perfect. I don't think anybody's using that. No, uh, great. Maybe that's the sort of cat food, though. Uh, oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think uh, that is, you know, pretty vague for today, but it does feel very special for the 150th episode, for the sesquicentennial episode. So uh, that brings us very clumsily to the end of this week's... Top fact. Oh, oh what do you see? No, that's quite appropriate. You said top fact, I said boss yeah, fact. Yeah, we had to cause... rename it because of the clash of, yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway. Exactly. Well, <laughs> no, very good. That was very good. And well done for our 150th episode, but not, as you say, our 150th fab fact. Mm. We're probably no. at about 120. I don't know. I thought because it I, came I, and went for a while. Yeah, I can't remember, but I, we, I'm sure we asked um, listeners if they could. Um, 
you know, working yeah, out well, uh, Dear Podster on no that. I'm, I'm talking to you. Not yet. Although we did have quite a few people coming in saying when we first used, this is the news, that was the news. Yes. I mean, yes. gosh. Right. So yeah, we need a, 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 a Jerry Anson podcast compendium listening guide. Uh, <laughs> no, we, do, we absolutely don't need that. <laughs> don't. Uh, we really Richard, don't. What's been happening yes. around the Podster on Universe? Well, we have been having some emails, of course, sent into podcast.jerryanderson.co.uk. I had to think about it just for a moment. <laughs> We're only 150 in, and it's the same email address the whole time. So over to the emails. Uh, this first one from uh, Mark and Kaz, actually, who says, Hi, Jamie and all the team. Thanks for sharing Jerry Anderson Day with me today, my family and all of us supporters and fans worldwide. Aww. My wife and I donned our Jerry Anderson T-shirts and headed out for a celebration coffee at our local shopping centre. Oh, I love oh, that. So, yes, as you can imagine, lots of people have been getting in touch with us about Jerry Anderson Day a couple of weeks ago now. But, uh, for example, yes, this is from Steve, who says, Dear Jamie, Richard, Chris, and everyone at Anderson Entertainment, thank you so much for a wonderful first Jerry Anderson Day. The extra mini pod was fascinating to listen to. I didn't know Terror Hawks was originally planned as a cartoon series. Mm. The interactive voting was cool. Will you uh, be letting us know the results? Oh yes, I can. Mm. Well, I can tell you the results. That um, oh, most people were interested in Fab Live, oh, uh, right. of all the activity we did, which is very kind of you all. Yes. And that the the most exciting clip was Dad talking about yeah. Trapped in the Sky. Uh, of course. Great oh, choice. That's Great choices, uh, I should say. Indeed. Yeah. Steve continues, the return of Fab Live was like meeting up with old friends uh, that I hadn't seen for a while. Massively entertaining. Well done, Chris T, for almost making the mould oh, in 90 minutes. He was so close, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Lee's new Heroes and Villains artwork is going to be a must-have for all fans to hang on their wall. John Colshaw, Genevieve Gaunt doing Penny and Parker was truly amazing and spine-tingling. Uh, playing along with all the games was great, too. Maybe you could make Fab Live a quarter quarterly event well i mean steve once things you know really open up properly i think we'll be doing a few more and maybe a bit more often than quarterly i mean i can't speak for jamie but uh, i rather miss it <laughs> uh, yes uh, it was always a good excuse to get together and have a curry wasn't it, it? Was. that was the exactly. that's one of the bonus. obviously we loved you know doing the thing stuff for the fans and everybody enjoying it but oh, oh, the, oh yeah obviously the curry oh, yeah, was yeah. Uh, you know an added bonus yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, the network watch was wall-to-wall heaven. Not a duff episode to be had. Seeing mm. those 60s ads again brought back memories of collecting figures uh, and badges from cereal boxes and fighting with my two brothers over who was to have which toy or badge. I'd never heard that Spectrum sing anything other than the Scarlet End theme. What a lovely bonus that was. And to finish off, the new TB2 logo animation was awesome. Thank you all again for a great day and truly celebrated the great man that was Jerry Anderson. Here's to the next one. And that's regards from Steve uh, Ian says Richard and Jamie a really enjoyable evening this was Fab Live uh, thanks to all loved all the shows that I've seen during the day especially the colour XL5 but they all looked great in high definition thanks again Ian and Hannah says I'd just like to say thank you for making my day fun and exciting on Jerry Anderson Day my highlight was watching Fab Live and seeing my pictures on display thanks for that but I'm afraid I couldn't join the Anderson night in afterwards. But anyway, thank you for a fab day. She says, P.S. I think I've outsmarted the hood when he tried to send me a strange email. You've got to do better than that, says Hannah. Mm. Interesting. I'm assuming that's one of the Jerry Anderson newsletters that uh, may have been intercepted by the, the hood at some point. <laughs> Might be. I mean, I don't think the hood's been logging into our systems, but you never know. 
<laughs> you never know. Uh, well, that's the end of Jerry Anderson Day, says another Steve. I booked the day off from work to join in the fun. I spent the day watching shows, listening to music and sorting out my collections. It started with some Space 1999. Then I listened to Evocation, Jerry's personal oh, curation yes. of his favourite music. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Then some Barry Gray music from the shows while sorting through my Anderson collections. Fab Live was awesome as usual with plenty of guests and I guessed the correct fab in the fab or fib quiz. Lastly, I watched the network watch party with the Twitter feed and all the while keeping in touch with my Podstron friends at the Podders Arms over on the Facebook group. All in all, I spent 12 hours immersed in the Anderson universe. What a day. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> That's from Steve. I spent 18 hours <clears throat> immersed in the Anderson <laughs> yeah. universe that day. Uh, That's right. Oh, yeah. And Tell us about Evocation. Do you, you know well. about that then? Yes, I got. I remember Evocation. Um, I can't remember the. the <laughs> That's good, isn't it? I, go, I remember that. I can't remember. But I can't um, remember it. No, I can't remember which publisher it was, which music publisher. EMI, maybe? Yeah. And they approached Dad. They'd be doing a series of uh, kind of, you know, celebrity favourite soundtrack things. And they approached yeah. him and he went, oh, I'm not doing that. And then they insisted. Uh, uh-huh. And they said that he could have full full control over what he chose. They weren't going to try and influence him at all. And so right. he, he put in a load of his favourites, uh, you know, classical stuff, some sort of uh, mid-century kind of pop stuff. The Lavender Castle Suite. Uh, by Crispin because oh, he was yes. particularly fond of uh, how that had come together at the time ah, and then he yeah. put the playlist in I mean it had even had uh, the uh, Moscow Red Army Choir singing a, a, a thing which he he really enjoyed okay. the kind of um, the choral effect of it anyway yeah. he put it in and they came back and said Jerry we love this selection um, but marketing are saying that we probably should put in at least one thing which is a, a bit kind of funny or a bit more relevant to your work and he said, right. what, do you, what do you want to put in? What do you want? They said, well, now you think about it. You decide what you want to put in. But just something that, which, you know, is a bit, <laughs> there's a bit of a quirk to it. He couldn't think of anything. Yeah. He said, come on, you obviously know what you want to put in. What do you want? Puppet on a String by Sandy Shaw. Oh. Uh, and he was so cross. Oh, but yeah. he obviously, uh, you know, acceded to their yeah. uh, request. And so that's yeah. why Puppet on a String is in that right. album. Everything else he really liked. I think he yes. he only agreed because he wrote a little commentary in the in the front of the CD booklet. And uh-huh. I'm pretty sure he wrote a line in there saying, you know, I actually didn't want to put this in. But So if anybody's got a copy of Evocation, <laughs> right. then um, yeah. please do uh, remind me what he put in there. Yeah, that's it great. was a really nice little thing, and he was very proud to to have been asked uh, for that. Yeah, maybe a re-release yeah. is due. Yeah, maybe. And finally for now, Scott says, uh, I recall on one of your older podcasts, Pod 40 or so, says Scott. Well, who remembers that far back? But he says, I remember you mentioning about some games based around Jerry Anderson shows. One you briefly mentioned was a cancelled first-person shooter of Captain Scarlet. Would you, he says, dedicate an episode to reviewing released and unreleased games based on Jerry Anderson? Also, since there were a handful of games based on your father's work, was he involved in the development? Did he have a lot of control over the final products? And finally, would you consider making a Thunderbirds game or simulator or virtual reality or a UFO real-time strategy game or something else, perhaps starting another Kickstarter? Keep up the good work. Stay safe, the both of you. FAB, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we have been talking about to a, a YouTuber... Uh, who does game stuff about reviewing released and unreleased Anderson games. Um, okay, great. So, uh, yes, I will have to remind the team about that because that sort of mm-hmm. uh, drifted a bit because of all the COVID uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were several aborted games. There was an aborted Thunderbirds game as well. That's the only one where I believe that Dad had any involvement. I wouldn't even say influence. 
Right. And I seem to recall whichever game that was, that a load of scripts had been written for the stories and for the dialogue recording, and it was already already being recorded, and then he had sight of the scripts. And his response was essentially, have you even seen Thunderbirds? Because they were... They were nothing to do. There were no rescue elements there. It, they were just completely, you know, bonkers. Right. Uh, and, yeah, he, you yeah. know, and he said, these need to be rewritten or yeah. the thing just, you know, or, or it shouldn't happen. And it didn't happen yeah. in the end. So there you go. No, okay. Um, oh, well, but in terms of new games, gosh, they are, games are expensive. Games require uh, licenses. Games require all sorts of stuff. And, you know, to be honest, unless it's a new, a new IP, a new title, Generally speaking, if it requires a license, the people who are willing to put up the money to do the development will say, well, you know, is it is it being broadcast? Is it on Netflix right now? Anything like that? And because the shows yeah. aren't on a globally accessible platform, the response yeah. would probably be from those people, well, it's probably not commercially viable. We're always pushing for that. So never say never, but yeah, not right now, probably. Okay. Great. All right. All for now, but do keep your emails coming in. Podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk. We love to hear them. Uh, well, talking of hearing them, but one thing we haven't had for a while is a, is a voice file, is an audio message. So if you've got a moment, just uh, send us a message via your phone, send it into podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk, and uh, we'll play it out. Yes. We would like nothing more than that. So please do send us. Uh, keep them um, sort of between, I don't know, 20 and 40 seconds if you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nice and snappy. Because they get bored very quickly. Well, yeah, that's it, exactly <laughs> it. Well, no, you know, it's just nice to get a, a variety of stuff in. Um, yes, you know, Other yes. than the monotony of us just uh, jabbering <laughs> yeah. on. Speaking of which, I think it's time for some j- jab- jabbering on news, some Jerry Anderson news. <laughs> Let's have it. It is the... 150th... Jerry Anderson. News, 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 news. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you see how I was trying to do there? I was going to put over the, it. Well, you were uh, supposed to okay. wait. Anyway, I'm right. sorry. Jerry Anderson News. Um, you may have seen it reported in The Hollywood Reporter and Deadline and various other things, uh, but Eagle what? Moss are producing some rather lovely eagle models. Oh! They are pretty gorgeous. There. Well, you should now. I don't know if I'm giving something away here that I shouldn't have done, but you've already yeah. seen one. I have a feeling by the time this is out, you will have seen a second variant online. Okay. If you haven't, then I've breached all sorts of NDAs yeah. and stuff by saying this, mm. and I'm going to get in terrible Brilliant. trouble. But you will probably very shortly be able to pre-order those from the Jerry Anderson store if they're not already available for, for pre-order. They are rather lovely. I should be getting a uh, couple myself because uh, you can never have too many eagles. That's what I say. No, absolutely. Now, the eagles have been getting a lot of love recently across uh, 1612 and various other releases and now Eagle Moss 2. A vehicle that doesn't get a lot of love is the maximum security vehicle from Captain Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, the, that's true. The famous white dinky toy with the little crate of gold blocks in and the red interior. Well, Chris Dale has written an article all about this uh, underappreciated, undervalued vehicle on the Jerry Anderson mm-hmm. website. So pop along to jerryanderson.co.uk to read that. Speaking of uh, vehicles that transport things, as you may remember... A few weeks ago, the Ever Given, um, the large container ship, this is not a Jerry Anderson story, but in fact real life, uh, turned sideways and blocked the Suez Canal and created a yep. massive backlog of shipping worldwide. 
Well, as predicted, the ramifications of that are starting to be felt and it looks like there are going to be some pretty major delays uh, for all uh. sorts of stuff being shipped from uh, India, from China, all sorts of stuff. It's it's created chaos, which you probably uh. won't see re uh, relayed on the news, but we're all uh, going to be victim to. So if you've pre-ordered anything that from 1612, I suspect we're going to be up for a, uh, an additional delay, I'm afraid. Nothing we can uh. do about it. You know, everybody's affected the same, so you're not going to get it anywhere quicker by getting it anywhere else. In fact, I don't think most of these things are available anywhere else. Anyway, but just so you know, uh, expect some email updates from us when we know more. Sorry about that. Nothing we can do. Thank you, Evergiven, for blocking the Suez Canal. Yeah, thanks. Uh, on to slightly brighter things. We mentioned last week, I believe, uh, and certainly around Jerry Anderson Day, the finding of two and a half episodes of Dad's directorial debut, You've Never Seen This, which, of course, you've never seen. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's great. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Now, we are working with our lovely chums at Network to find a way to premiere this worldwide for you. So if you are Ooh. interested in seeing, you've never seen this, for the very first time in HD, seeing Dad's directorial debut, we're hoping to be able to make it available in a few weeks from now. Um, great. Chances are we'll do it through network streaming platforms. So if you haven't already signed up for a free account, just pop along to watch.networkonair.com. And we'll have more news on that for you very soon. If you haven't watched the Jerry Anderson Night In from Jerry Anderson Day, you can still watch it. It's still available. It doesn't have to be uh, watched along with Jerry Anderson Day. You can watch it whenever you like, and that's available at uh, Network's Watch platform. But do remember to send us your thoughts and suggestions for Jerry Anderson Day 2022. We're already working on some rather exciting plans. Can't reveal anything right now, but if you've got anything you would like to see... If you'd like to hear, if you'd like to read, or you'd like to do for Jerry Anderson Day 2022, email us gaday at gerryanderson.co.uk. That's G-A-D-A-Y. Just let the dog come through the cat flap. At gerryanderson.co.uk. And finally, for Ooh. this bit of news, it's a request from me. Oh, right. Do you, Posteron, have any interesting archive stills or footage featuring dad uh -huh. i don't mean a picture of you at a convention with him as lovely as those are to see feel free to yeah. share those on social i'm thinking if you did a little interview with him at any point on video or you visited a set somewhere i, I there was a lovely uh, set of photos i saw from a um, uh, a woman i was going to say a girl she's a woman now a woman yeah. who visited uh, the terror hawks production and went behind the scenes and shared some amazing oh. stuff there we're really on the hunt now for, for video footage and stills featuring Dad where possible or behind the scenes if you visited the set somewhere that hasn't been seen before to put towards this Jerry Anderson documentary that we're working on. Yes. Um, really looking right. for interesting new stuff. I've already received some amazing bits and pieces and we've had some fantastic finds. But we're looking mm. to tell a personal story here. So the more material we can get, the better. If you've got anything you would like to share with us, you don't need to send it over straight away, but you know, feel free to send little clips or, or you know, sample images. Do send them into podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk. We'll be putting a, an official call out for these shortly, but I thought, you know, dear Podstrons, chances are you yeah. might have something cool and we'd love you to yeah. help us out with that. Just, just pop us an email. There you go. Great. You got any pictures with dads from your... Uh, Rap party or anything? Do you, uh, do you know, I, uh, considering I spent a year in the man's company, I have so few pictures of Jerry. I mean, he was locked away in his office for most of the time, trying true. to keep the whole the whole thing afloat, to be true, honest. True. I think I have a picture, maybe two, from the rap party, yeah, of me sitting around a table with him. Okay. Yeah, well, that's there you go. It. You better get those yeah. over. Oh, okay. 
send them to podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk. Thanks, Dickie. Well, all right. Right. Okay. And that is the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. Sesquit sesquitennial news. <laughs> that, that sounded like I, a rather un, unpleasant urinary uh, yeah. infection. <laughs> I blew it, didn't I? I tried you so totally hard. Totally blew it, yeah. Uh, I'll anyway, fetch you some uh, cranberry juice. Thanks. <clears throat> you're listening to the Jerry Addison podcast. Uh, now, don't forget, you can subscribe to us on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, you can leave us a review and a rating, and you can also share us with your friends so they get to hear us too. And don't forget, of course, you can join in on our Facebook group. It's one of the loveliest groups on Facebook dedicated to, well, not just to all things Jerry Anderson, but also to our very own dear Podstrons. And they have been posting in their droves. For example, Robert Monk has posted, I've set myself a challenge. I'm on Pod 132, and I'm going to be all caught up by next Monday for Pod 150. Well, did you make it? Did you? Exactly. Let's, yeah, yeah. Do tell us. Joanne Bennett replied, It's definitely doable. I listened to an average of four a night when I was temporarily working nights at the end of last year. I managed to listen to about 20 of them in a few weeks that way. That's the only thing I miss about working those shifts. Lol. So I'd like to know, Podstrons, what's the most episodes of the podcast you've ever listened to in one sitting? And also, why? <laughs> why did you put yourself why? through that why why did you do it uh, so do let us know podcast at jerryanson.co.uk Jenny Davis is busy making a model of the Thunderbird 5 and uh, posted an update saying, saying I've done a bit more painting and gluing quite pleased with the progress so far it's taking quite a while to get there uh, but I don't want to rush it as they say slow and steady wins the race mm. um, Heather posted Parker sings a tune dedicated to Lady P uh, there's another where she sings about him but I wonder why what it would be like if one of the Tracy brothers sang about another. Hey, what rhymes with Virgil? Yeah, you see, that's the trouble, isn't it? That's the problem. Uh, Matt Alcock says, uh, Gotta love a big finish delivery in the morning. Out of curiosity, has there ever been any thought about a Jerry Anderson app for audio dramas? I'd love to buy my physical copies of Big Finish audios from the Anderson store, but having digital copies immediately available on the Big Finish app when you buy a physical copy swings it for me at the moment. Hmm, any chance of that, Jamie? Uh, an app of uh, some description is sort of in the pipeline, but uh, not for a while yet. And right now, until we've got more of our uh, our, our audio out, doesn't really make sense to have yeah. that. Um, yeah, sure. As we know, there's there's lots of stuff coming up. So uh, oh, we know that. Stand yeah. by for option. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Thank you. I Thank like you. it. Literally just came uh, up with that. Amazing. Well, that's amazing. Just off the top of your head like that. Uh, Alex Parr said, uh, I'm watching an episode of Space Precinct. I spotted a familiar face as prisoner Volker, who leads his fellow inmates in a takeover of the asteroid space prison known as The Rock. It's actor Stephen Griff, a.k.a. Travis from Blake 7. At least he didn't have to wear the eye patch. And finally for now, a special 150th episode edition of Tom Hodden's Quick Fire 5. Oh. Right, Jamie, are you settled in and ready for these? <sighs> yes. OK. Uh, these are courtesy of Tom Hodden. Number one, which shed would you prefer in your garden? What a Thunderbird 2's pods or an Eagle transport module? Ooh, uh, Thunderbird mm. 2 pod. Really? Yeah. Cool. Which car would you use for the commute? A Shadow Mobile or what? an SPV? <laughs> well, I wouldn't use a Shadow Mobile. <laughs> i use an SPV or the driving backs would be tough. Yeah, uh, you need to hire a private eye. Do you hire Father Unwin or Joe Ninety? Oh, uh, 
Unwin. I, I only struggled there because of, you know... I, 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 yeah. Because of, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, which do you pick up from the bargain bin? A Sergeant Major Zero-branded Alexa or a Hudson-branded Satnav? Uh, oh, Zero. Zero Alexa, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that would work brilliantly, wouldn't it? And finally, uh, what would you rather face in combat? One giant Mitch the size of a house or a whole army of miniature puppet-sized Mitches? <laughs> but- Puppet bitches. At least I'll have a chance bitches. then, maybe. Ah, that brings us to the end of Tom Hodden's Sesquicentennial <laughs> Quick Fire Fives. <laughs> well, that was uh, unusual. Yeah, wasn't it? But I thought you'd enjoy it. Well, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's one word for it. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Please don't send your quickfire five suggestions to podcast at jerryanson.co.uk, but do, do send anything else you like, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Ah, Richard James, would you like an oh, interview? Yes. Oh, yes. Tell us about your meeting with Jeremy Hitches. I suppose it was virtual, virtual meeting. It was, and it's a fantastic yeah. opportunity to speak to somebody who's actually been involved with a Jerry Anderson production, uh, yeah. which is a real, tw- a real treat. We don't normally get that here, do we? No, no, never. <laughs> Other than when you're talking about Space Precinct, of course. <coughs> yes, dear Jeremy, who was uh, in lockdown in his house in Scotland, managed to uh, get hooked up thanks to his missus on an iPad, and uh, we had a chat over Zoom, and it was rather lovely. He's such a nice man. Can't help but tell a joke or two. You know, he's... Is this a warning? Uh, no. no, is, this no. A dis- is this a disclaimer? <laughs> I think we cut out all the, okay, the worst jokes because Jeremy is famous for telling really inappropriate jokes, which you won't be hearing, hopefully, <laughs> in this interview. But yes, the voice of uh, Neinstein in, in Terrorhawks, and he was in New Captain Scarlet too, doing multiple voices, and obviously he came back and did the Terrorhawks audios for us and has done some Doctor Who for me. He did, I think, 11 voices in Doctor Who Cold Fusion. Um, wow. He's a lovely chap. So uh, let's pass over to... Oh, actually, I should tell you what I should say. I should yes. say, mm-hmm. Podsterons, Here we go. Yeah, stay yeah, go on, on this channel. This is Jeremy Hitchin. Well, hello there. Uh, my name is Jeremy Hitchin, and I was uh, one of the lead voiceover artists on the Terrorhawks with characters like Tiger Neinstein, Lieutenant Hero, Hawkeye, Sram, Scram, Johnson, many, many more. Absolute joy. <laughs> and and you, Jeremy, are a joy, uh, as our listeners are bound to find out any second now. So where, where are you speaking to me from approximately in the world? No street address required, just approximately. Uh, I'm in a little seaside town just outside of Edinburgh called North Berwick, uh, oh, which is uh, it is a fantastic place, actually. And for people who don't know, it houses, houses a thing called Bass Rock, uh, which is this little island just about a half a mile out into sea, uh, that is the biggest gannet population in the world. So in the summer, the rock is white because it has 150,000 gannets on it. And then in the winter, they all bugger off to uh, Cape Town and go on their holidays. <laughs> Amazing. There you go. Quite- I doubt that anybody was expecting to learn that uh, on this. Well, it's, it's fascinating because everyone says the island is white because it's covered in bird poop, but it's not. It's actually the bird gannets themselves are quite big and, and white. It's fascinating. Fascinating. Amazing. Anyway. There you go. So if you didn't know already, Jeremy is also a part-time ornithologist, uh, as it turns <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> Smell it, Jamie. <laughs> 
So, well, if you, you know, any other bird facts you want to drop in, it's very appropriate for Terra Hawks, I think. So feel, feel free as we go. Before we get to the Terra Hawks thing, though, James, before you got the, the work on, on Terra Hawks, what was your kind of general appreciation of anything, Anderson? I mean, has you been watching Stingray as a little nipper or anything like that? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I used to love Stingray. In fact, okay, try, uh, was one of the early impressions I did. <laughs> And uh, yes, in fact, I spoke to your dad uh, about that and how Troy Tempest was actually based on James Garner, I think. And uh, no, I love Stingray. I especially liked Captain Scarlet because I thought the whole concept of of, of an invisible enemy, essentially, would, would allow, you know, viewers to conjure up all sorts of, you know, visions in their head, which actually made it, in my view, quite quite a scary show and it was um yeah it was a real thrill to to be involved with new captain scarlet as well yeah. and yeah I, there was one yeah i don't know whether there was one particular episode that was was really deep i mean the storylines were of new captain scarlet were mm-hmm. um you know when lieutenant green's dad comes back from presumed missing in action in space after 10 years and and really he'd been misteronned and it was um, she had to kill him in the end. I mean, it was quite yeah, epic. dark stuff, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But great. Yeah, uh, 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 bring it uh, back. Pr- That's what we say. <laughs> as long as you're, it's uh, not just for the repeats. Okay? I was going to say, as long as you get the upside. Uh, so, well, so, and, and so you actually you would play Moyd as well in Terror Hawks, who was who was an invisible enemy in one episode as well. So you know, clearly, anything that none of my own, I think, was the. I can't even believe that I remember that. It's oh, great God. that you can recall these things so quickly. And we're we're going to get on to that. I mean, you you, you instantly went to a, an impression of Commander Shaw. So, I mean, did, you clearly had been impersonating people from an early age. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, it 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 all started. The impression thing started. Where my father was in the Royal Navy, and we were stationed around the world, and. Uh, I spent my, my, my youth growing up in Cape Town, so there's a big naval base in Simonstown, and uh, we were in Singapore, we were in Malaysia, and so on. And of course, television in in those days, and we're talking 60s, was um, not readily available in, in these countries. Uh, and so I used to listen to the radio. And there was a show uh, called Steptoe and Son, which was quite... Um, weird uh, about a couple of uh, sort of rag and bone men father and son uh, with a quite a grim father I don't know if you know the show I remember the telly show yeah I used to watch all the time well so I used to listen to on the radio and my parents obviously in those days it was six o'clock when you know little boys were sent off to their room to bed and I'd go and listen to this show and I used to love it and um, come down and, and tell my parents what was going on. So uh, it would be, oh, I've just listened to Steptoe and Son. Oh, I'm sorry, Errol. And all of that. So that's when we you know, started to uh, do the impressions. And uh, my folks loved it because it was, you know, uh, you know, we didn't have a piano or anything. So um, that was... That was <laughs> so you, you had to provide the entertainment, basically. Exactly, Nothing exactly. else to do. Oh, let's listen to Jeremy do his impressions. <laughs> Go on, then. Yeah, that was it. So that's really what... So I was about eight or nine when it first started uh, to manifest itself. And, um, yeah, so that's been doing it ever since. And then I uh, 
when I was at, uh, on summer holidays, my brother had a, a friend, uh, a guy called Jocelyn Walker, who's the great, 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 great grandson of Johnny Walker is in the whiskey. Uh, so we, he was a bit older than me. He was a, um, one of my brother's school friends, but, but he lived around the corner from us in Notting Hill Gate. And we'd get together and he'd do an impression of someone and I'd do it. <laughs> I like to think better. <laughs> Obviously. We, we still... We still argue about that. And uh, we said, why don't we get together and, and, and you know, start doing an act? Uh, so we uh, we wrote uh, uh, some material for about three minutes and uh, went on to a couple of pubs and, and uh, we entered the Pub Entertainer of the Year Award in 1970-something or other, six, I think, or seven. And lo and behold, got all the way to the final, which uh, was a shock to us both. Um, uh, So there we were, standing on the stage of the Royal Albert Hall, which obviously celebrates its 150th birthday uh, this year. And it was a a chef and brewer pub entertainer of the year thing. So um, because they've moved it off the from doing it up north in a club, they needed a headline act. So they got Shirley Bassey. Now, Dame, Dame Shirley Bassey, darling. And she was there and we played it. And lo and behold, we won that. So that was a bit of a... uh, uh, it was a bit mad. And from then, obviously, we got lots of, uh, uh, you know, bookings and, and did stand up for four or five years, which was great. So, and then I started doing, you know, commercials for uh, TV uh, and radio. And because I could do a lot of voices, um, I became quite cheap in that they could hire me <laughs> and I could do five, you know, four or five, a bit like dad, really. <laughs> You know, I think I ended up doing 17 characters in the Terror Hawks in all, <laughs> in, which, you know, I loved because it, it gave me lots to do. I'm, 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 you know, the jibe at the money thing, I, I don't mean at all. It was, uh, it, you know, always a challenge to, right, what's this character? You know, it's just like how we did it when we did the uh, audio downloads. Yeah. It's, it's real fun. All thinking on your feet. What's this character going to sound like? Yeah. We're going to make them. Is it a boy? Is it a girl? You know, where do we go with it? You know, I remember girl, boy, and boy, girl. Yeah. Which was, so just listen, I heard them not so long ago, and that little little Hitlerite. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you wouldn't get away with it now, I suspect. No, well, funny enough, at uh, Andacon, I, I went and saw um, the pilot I did for Dick Spanner. Oh, Yes. Yes, that was... Um, I'm, I'm really, talk about politically incorrect. Uh, yeah, that, but, you that, know, that was... It, it was a was different era. Yeah, it was a different era. And it, I think you, all this stuff you have to sort of put into the, the context of the time. Yeah, interestingly, you, about the, the voices thing, you, you are one of the few people, I guess, in, in that case, who is the combination of good, fast and cheap, because, you know, you can normally only have two of them. Whereas you're like the golden triangle where you hit all three. So what sort of voices are you developing in the seventies then, Jez? What, what the kind of the main stage show voices that you were doing, what are the ones that helped you win that? Royal Albert? Um, a great question. We had a, we had a sketch, a uh, cricket sketch. So I, uh, we did John Arlott and Richie Benno, which was quite uh, funny. Um, I'm just trying to think. I can't remember the script actually. I mean, it was just so long ago. For oh, that's a sake. shame. But, uh, uh, Richie Benno, uh, for those people who remember, a uh, great little Australian cricketer and uh, uh, comment. 
dictator. I think he read the Channel Four a little late. So we we had these sketches, and Jack Nicholson was a big one. Which, um, yeah, I just you know when we talk about the Terror Hawks, um, I, 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 when your dad sat me down, he showed me the puppet of Tiger Einstein and said, "Well, he looks like Bogart." So why don't we have a with no hair because he has no uh, hair when we saw the puppet originally? And he said, uh, "Can you do Bogart?" And I said, "Well, fun enough, I can actually." So, uh, um, and he said, "Well, well, you know, just here's, read this." And so I went, "Tara, stay on this channel. This is an emergency." And he went, "Nah, nah, not doing it for me. Not." I said, "Okay." And he said, "Who's your favorite impression?" And I said, "Oh, Jack is is winning the vote at the moment." And he said, so try it. And I, terror hug, stand this. And he went, yeah, a bit more. Just give it a bit more dynamism because he's a leader of an elite fighting squad. And that's how we we came to Einstein, which is uh, great. So there's a little bit of Jack in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't avoid the Jack. But that's kind of, it's kind of lovely. But I just like the kind of the through line of the imitation through to you know professional impersonation and then being able to take those kind of voices off the shelf and modify them in such a way where yeah you you've still got the essence of it but you can you can speed it up bring the energy up bring up the pitch um i mean that's that's quite a a skill jez I, you know not to blow smoke up your bogart but it's you know that it, it is, isn't it, to be able to modulate and control your voice in such a way? And you, I mean, like you said, you did this huge, huge number. Did you have any idea that you were going to be doing, you know, tens of voices on this series when you first got involved? No, of course. Well, I no, I did. I mean, I'd, I'd never been involved in, you know, the the thing I'd done before this was I played Superman in a, in an anti smoking ad, and uh, oh, nicotine! I better move that. You know, it, it was a. Uh, a weird thing, especially as I at the time smoked like a trooper, and they said you mustn't, you must have any cigarettes or smell of cigarette, because you know, this is ash. If you know the, and that's the only thing I've done. But I did that in a little recording studio in in uh, Molinaire, I think it was in London. Yep. And um, so coming and doing an actual series, especially with somebody as totally iconic as your dad, to be working, I mean the whole, the whole how that relationship developed and how I got the lead into the show is just a bit bonkers, to be frank with you. I produced a, a, a tape, uh, an answer. You had the old cassettes. Might be too yeah. young for this. Um, I remember cassettes, don't worry. <laughs> but I've got one right here. Look at that, see? God, you have as well. How yeah. about that? Well, I produced one of those called Star Calls, and it was basically answer machine messages. Uh, but... <laughs> really bizarre combos uh, and i think one of my favorites was miss piggy and john wayne uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, i'm just trying to try and remember it was uh, so miss piggy you know you're phoning your mate whoever that might be and miss piggy answers the phone and goes hello <laughs> i cannot talk with you at the moment i'm with a very important guest on my sofa get over here piggy I got some unfinished business with you. As you can see, he is so demanding. Please leave your name and number after the time. And, and I, had, <laughs> I, had, I had lots of those. And I got interviewed on uh, by Graham Dean, uh, who was a DJ on London's Capital Radio, who I don't know. I don't even know how he got. I think my agent might have sent 
tapes around or whatever. So he called me in and just gave me like a three minute on on this thing. And and um, your dad was listening to the radio, and uh, he phoned Capital Radio, who gave him my number at home. <laughs> And you can imagine at six o'clock in the evening, you know, the words you've said I shouldn't say. Yeah. So the phone <laughs> rings. Rude words we should just add in exactly. case anyone wasn't sure. Exactly. <laughs> um, rhymes with buck. Um, <laughs> so the phone rings at six o'clock in the evening. And this chap, a very gentle spoken man, says, uh, is Jeremy Hitchin now? I said, yeah, yeah, it's me. And he said, uh, how about... You know, and I was a big fan of all of those shows. You know, obviously we haven't even talked about International Rescue and all that, but I, I and, and UFO was monster in my life. Absolutely adored it. But still watch it now, fun enough. And um, I do. So, and uh, so this guy says, "My name's Jerry Anderson," and you can imagine I went, "Oh, for goodness' sake!" You know, sex and travel. You fibber. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, he said, no, 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 um, uh, you know, I, I was listening to your, you know, interview on the radio and just wondered whether you fancy coming down to Bray Studios to audition for a new puppet show I'm doing. Because obviously he'd, he'd sort of been the puppets for years until he yeah. got fed up with humans acting, um, <laughs> which is pretty much what drew him back to puppetry. Yeah. And I think one or two people who won't be named turning up drunk on set and all that sort of stuff. And he just had mm. it with people. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I just turned up, never been to Bray studios and met him um, and your mom. And um, yeah, it was a very, very calm situation. I was very excited, obviously, uh, you know, if, if nothing had happened, it was a great experience anyway, as far as I was concerned, to meet this, you know, wonderful man. And um, anyway, yeah, so it turned out I got quite a few. And <laughs> um, and, and, and the thing is, I was during the, my, my day job was I worked for the United Dutch Publishing Company called VNU, um, which I can't even pronounce because it's Dutch, uh, although I do speak a little bit of Dutch. Good so. That is lekker. Nice, very convincing. Yeah. Okay, no, no, no. In fact, I did a uh, did a commercial once. Liquor button, liquor lesson, cool, clink and phrase, drink and stem and smear and rasen, fritz and snell, freeware and cool, 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 sis and Pepsi. <laughs> I assume that Let's was a Pepsi advert. Yeah, it is. It's, anyway. Nice. Um, <laughs> well, now. what a nice man. Thank you, Jezza. I, I mean, it's. I always find something new from these conversations, even though I've spent a lot of time with Jeremy over the last few years. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he does like a good anecdote as well as a good gag. I'm still learning new bits and pieces, including yeah. about his sort of comedy and stand-up days and how that got on the gig and all that sort of stuff. So two more whole episodes of Jeremy Hitchin to come and some, some really tender reflections coming up as well um, in the next couple of weeks. So stay oh. tuned for more of Dr. Einstein. So those uh, tender reflections, I guess, are when we did um, the Terrorhawks Vile live at uh, Andercon in Leicester. <laughs> I'm assuming what? that's what he... Yeah? I what? don't think we gave a single mention of that. Can you believe what? it? Oh, well, there we are. But it is available for free, it's worth saying, along with a couple of other a couple of other Terrorhawks episodes for free on there at the moment. Yeah. Vile is one you can get. And, there's, um, there's loads on the Jerry yeah. Anderson store and, uh, and BigFinish.com, yeah. so pop along Dive and in. enjoy some free Terrorhawks. 
Exactly. So yeah, yeah, next week more Jeremy Hitchin and more the week after that too. And now, would you like some more ways in which you can help celebrate our 150th episode, Jamie? Oh yes, I'm a bit short of ways, so please do. You could uh, you could watch Space Breezing to take a drink every time Haldane says something inappropriate. Oof. Or you could watch an old Anderson convention and take a drink every time Shane Rimmer didn't laugh at Matt Zimmerman's jokes. <laughs> you could uh, you could try and slip the lyrics of I Wish I Was a Spaceman into a conversation without anyone realising. Yeah, that's tough. Or finally, you could make up your own Jerry Anderson-style TV show featuring a secret organisation, a secret base, and a leading man who can never die, and don't call it Torchwood. <laughs> mm, you see? Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, we see you, Russell T. Davies. Yeah, we've got you. Now, let's head on over to Twitter because uh, people have been hashtagging us Jerry Anderson podcast, and there was, of course, a lot of traction. I think is the word, uh, over Jerry Anderson Day. For example, Lost in Transition tweeted, the week of the first international Jerry Anderson Day is over and I finished the weekend off with Doppelganger, or Journey to the Far Side of the Sun, and the day after tomorrow into infinity. Thanks to Jerry Anderson for the magic and to Jamie Anderson for continuing the legacy. Sanjeev Baskar tweeted, today is Jerry Anderson Day. What a genius he was, Thunderbirds being my fave ofs. Uh, Marshall Julius tweeted, Remembering FAB Jerry Anderson born today in 1929, kids like the same things that I did when I was a child. This is a direct tweet from Jerry. Jeopardy, destruction and death. So we gave it to them, but in a responsible way. Uh, Richard Wiseman <laughs> is a name you might know, says, It's Jerry Anderson Day. I'm a huge fan of Thunderbirds and recently made a pop-up Tracy Island. And he posted a picture. Have a good day, he said. Scarred for life tweeted, It's Jerry Anderson Day. So let's pause to remember all the horrors that Jerry brought to our screen. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite nice, isn't Here's it? Here's one of them in your ears right now. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, so remember, all those tweets, of course, are still there to see. Just go to Twitter and search the hashtag Jerry Anderson Day and you'll see them all there. Plus... Hundreds and hundreds more. Only hundreds. I think you'll find thousands. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was a lovely yeah. day, and everyone was uh, very nice and said nice things and did nice things. And um, indeed, yeah, I'm still getting emails from people now saying, "Oh, I only just discovered all the stuff you've done through Jerry Anderson Day. That's amazing. Oh, look at all this Great. thing. You know, people finding out about what we're doing and about entertainment for the first time and. You know, people yeah. watching the shows and those lovely intros on BritBox, which are still available now. And yeah, it was just a great day. So thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Nice. Shall we hand over to Chris Dale, who has now slammed shut his OED? He has. He's tapping it rather impatiently with that sort of look in his eye. I think get on with it. Because kind of he's look. realised that Randomizer is not currently listed in the Oxford <gasps> English Dictionary. The campaign starts here, Chris. Uh, but while we uh, begin our campaign work, we'll let you do this week's randomizer. Well, I must say, gentlemen, it's very nice of you to let me see inside the cockpit like this. Not many people get to ride in the Fire Flash after all. In fact, most that do are never seen again, oddly enough. Listen, if anyone should be grateful, it's me. Uh, why? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, but speaking of gratitude, I would consider it a great honour if one of you two would press the button on the randomizer for me today. Okay, here we go. And however it turns out, thanks. What's keeping? Let's not get jumpy. Yes, it's, let's keep calm here. I mean, nothing can go wrong, am I right? Huh? Huh? Yeah, right. Well, let's see what we have today. Well, for the second week running, it's Captain Scarlet. Gee, there's some miscalculation. Sure was a good try. Well, no, 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 let's not get too upset, because it's new Captain Scarlet with Virus. 
Are we going to have enough time to watch it, Captain? Or is the Fire Flash falling out of the sky to certain disaster? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh. We can't land. And if we stay up here, we get radiation exposure. I'd say we've got about 15 minutes. Well, uh, let's just hope you're wrong then, eh? Again. What are we going to do? Well, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm off for the parachutes. So, welcome back to New Captain Scarlet as a Spectrum Jet leaves Skybase, and uh, yeah, oddly enough, the last time we saw New Captain Scarlet, it was immediately after an episode of the original Scarlet. Uh, last time it was the heist after uh, the trap, and uh, yeah, this time it's virus after seek and destroy, but uh, hey-ho, that's just the whims of the randomizer anyway. Everything okay, Madam Secretary? Get you a coffee or anything? On board the Spectrum jet is Madam Secretary being escorted by... How do we score? CGI Captain Magenta. The Skybase Inspection? Who appears infrequently through the series, but for some reason only ever speaks in this episode. Concentrating on getting me home to New York, Captain. No problem. This is voiced by uh, Jeremy Hitchin, who was doing voices in other episodes around this time, so I don't know why Magenta didn't speak more. Did I hear that wrong? Or are you trying to flirt with the Secretary of the UN Special Security Council? You know what, Elaine? Under that body armor that beats a jealous heart. Yeah, this is basically all the character is for this episode. Is uh, He's a womanizer, and uh, that is basically the character. Which, to be honest, is fairly limiting. I mean, I think he hits on all the main female cast members in this story at one time or another, and... Uh, get shot down each time so um but speaking of we're now in the middle of a a very exciting very intense aerial dogfight this is something that uh i think actually compares rather interestingly to last week where we were in a similar situation with the angels but this is far more frenetic and uh so much faster paced than uh than the admittedly gorgeous model shots in that episode uh yeah we have a, a squadron of vampire fighters uh engaging the angels uh, as they're escorting the jet Destiny and there's another angel in the mix here. I believe that's uh, that's Melody, although she's wearing Destiny's helmet. Yeah, they're doing quite well. Just so many f cuts here, shots that last like half a second tops, and yet it never becomes, it never reaches sort of quantum of solace levels of just impossible to follow what's going on. This, so it's a huge credit to the team behind this. These these aerial combat scenes in multiple episodes, and of course this is a. A squadron of vampire fighters that the angels are engaged in here. I don't know why anybody signs up to fly these things anymore because they're even more prone to being uh, to problems than the fire flash constantly being taken over by the mistrons in this show. Oh, and I waffled over Destiny. She uh, ejected, but now her escape pod has been eject. shot down. Destiny, eject. Heading straight for the sea, will she make it out in time? There goes the pod. Where's the bod? There she is. Yep, she's ejected. But she's unconscious, and it's back to Skybase for the Spectrum passenger jet. I also like that we saw there on the jet um, Ochre and Magenta working together. I think uh, in the original series, I think longtime fans of the original series kind of assumed that Ochre and Magenta were partners because they were partnered occasionally. I think that's something that runs um, through sort of fan fiction circles that they were partners. So it would have been nice to have seen uh, another partnership in this series aside from Scarlet and Blue anyway. Destiny is now in sickbay. She's unconscious. Scarlet is understandably very unhappy about that. Meanwhile... Still working, senor? 
Ah, it's such a beautiful sunset. The senor is working at his computer at his uh, little beach house. Don't worry, Aranza. I'll soon be finished. He's another UN... Uh... Fernandez, you have mail. Ah, Fernandez. He's uh, another UN representative. Oh, and uh, lots of green squiggles all over his computer. And coincidentally... Oh, he's going to go for a walk, but he knocked the uh, tea tray that the maid brought in over. Now he's just walking out towards the sea. And, you, you know, you might think another show, another kid's show of this era wouldn't show him actually walking in. It would be as heavily implied as possible. No, they show him going in. Off to kill himself. She might not be indestructible like you, Scarlet. But she's going to be all right. She just needs some rest. Ah, oh, poor old Scarlet. or not, you need some sleep. You know, Doc, it's the worst thing in the world. What is? What the Misterons did to me. Making you indestructible? Virtually impossible to kill? What use is it when everything, everyone you care about is so so fragile. And there we go. Those are the kinds of questions that the original series never even went near. Not even close. So, again, you know, it's, these are very short episodes. They're not got the runtime to really fully explore that. But it's nice that they touched on elements like that from time to time. Some people think he'll be the next Secretary General. Not anymore, he won't. His body was washed up on the Andalusian coast this morning. Oh, no. Not Senor Fernando. Another member of the Special Security Council. Last week, he fell 25 floors from his Johannesburg office. That's two mysterious deaths within seven days. And I've never liked mysteries. When I brought his evening tea, he was working at his computer. He always had tea at sunset. And there was nothing unusual? Nothing. But the security people, they found a tray on the floor, everything broken. Had there been a fight with someone else in here? And this house is a very nice set. It's a very minimalist set. And yet it looked really nice under the sort of uh, early evening light of the sun going down. And now in full daylight, it looks uh, out the computer. very nice too. Anyway, Scarlet's going to have a look around. The old uh, surveillance footage. And Blue's going to have a look at the computer. Sure, that's uh, not going to cause any problems. Uh-oh. Adam? Adam? <gasps> Anything there? Uh, nothing I can see, no. You'd better up... Mm -hmm. Hint. Green can find anything. Hint. Good idea. But I do like this with some new Captain Scarlet episodes as well. Their investigations are a bit more forensic than they were in the original series. Blue? Thanks, Adam. I've got your data. I'll let you know what I find. And now the naughty computer is aboard Skybase. And meanwhile, <laughs> the drunk's awake. Uh, welcome back to the land of the living. But you're in no condition to go walk about. Oh, what happened? All in good time. Well, Destiny's going to be all right. Uh, 
Thank goodness. So if Fernandez left the house on his own, maybe he met someone on the beach. Maybe. But how did the tea set get broken? Mm. It was an accident, I guess. So why didn't Fernandez call the maid to clear it up? That's what they're there for. From the security cameras. There was something that wasn't right. Uh, blue's starting to go a bit too fast. It wasn't natural. Reminded me of a sleepwalker. Yeah, he's out of it. Adam! And yet, here we go, the first of our regular characters is, uh, well, they, they come to call it self-destructing in, in this episode, which is a uh, another, a, a, a slightly different way of saying suicide. I'm not quite convinced on how, um, how the people who are affected actually go about it, because uh, they just seem sort of trance-like. I, I get from, you know, using the computer they're sort of programmed, but, uh, you know, Blue is actually putting up a fight there to, uh... To make sure he can plunge their car off the cliff. Of course, this is a flying car. Ah, oh, but the engine's broken. But they've got an ejector seat. They've got an ejectable roof. And they can just jump out before the car hits the ground. And of course, Scarlet can somehow use his own body to, um, to cushion Blue's fall. Even though they've just fallen like 80 feet. Needless to say, Scarlet is fine. But they've both lost their hats. Your vital signs are steady. That's good enough for me. Uh, not so fast, Destiny. You took quite a beating in that crash. Yeah, I've, I've got concussion, but so long as my vital signs are fine, I'm good to fly. With a fever, I couldn't stay in bed. It drove me crazy. You want a crazy woman on your hands? I'll take that chance. I've already largely categorized you as crazy in your file anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, but she's gonna sneak out anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, our man Magenta, having failed with the UN Secretary, what's her name, having failed with Oka. Hi there, Serena. He's making the moves on green. The Great White Chief. Good, Mario. How are you? Yeah, that smile's making me feel better already. Hey, you know I'm hitting the gym later. What do you say the two of us work up a sweat? I... what is this? What is this CGI magenta? I kind of like the idea of him being... a, a ladies' man, also a, a ladies' man who keeps striking out and failing. Yes, that's a no. But why why is he in this story and only this story? For that. Just tinkering, darling. Speaking of new characters, to see you up and about. here's CGI Rhapsody making her first appearance. Not exactly. Still keeping the uh the uh Sloan tones of the original. And that's the phone. That's the phone. What's Serena doing down here? Hey, Serena! Oh dear, Green's gonna throw herself out the airlock. And I do like this sequence for how sudden and unexpected it is. Green has seen the uh, computer screen and she's just out the airlock. She's undoing her tunic. Destiny is, is frantically trying to pull her back in. That's it, Rhapsody stuns her. Um, what's interesting about that scene as well is, and I've actually only just noticed it recently, is although Destiny is, she's holding on to the wall with one hand and she's holding on to Green with the other, 
Her, her hand that's holding onto the wall isn't actually holding anything. I think the character is slightly too short to reach the space on the wall that she's clearly meant to be holding onto, but she's she can't quite reach. So there we go, I've ruined that scene for you. Fernandez was working at a computer before he left the house. Adam checked it out before he uploaded its data to Skybase. Ah. Saw it. I don't know. And here's Dr. Gold. Is this... Mason, no! Uh, oh dear, gonna give himself an overdose of... An anesthetic overdose. Oh dear. He's not seen the Fernandez computer. Or Serena's. He wouldn't need to. This thing is a virus. It's infected every computer on Skybase. A computer virus that actually kills? Ah, oh, what a nice idea for a Scarlet story. I know it's it's probably not original in terms of fiction, but then very few things are. It's just, oh... King bomb. And I suppose they could have done it on the original series, but it wouldn't have been as relevant as it is to us today in our computer computer age. Um, this is strange, though. Oh. Symphony. Oh. So there's a virus that could potentially, you know, anybody could have seen this thing. <laughs> Let's pump anesthetic gas into the base and knock out everyone except the two people that we know weren't exposed to it and this is something i think that happened on space 1999 once as well they do it without warning anybody so there could be potentially somebody using like a a, a, a saw or or something doing some really dangerous work and they just pump in the anesthetic gas anyway clearly there's nobody doing anything like that on skybase Everyone is now knocked out except for six hours. Scarlet and of course Destiny because she the Misterons don't realize all Earth's defenses are down. Crashed her plane into the sea. Why would all Earth's defenses be down? This is a nice use of the existing Skybase set. There are lots of staircases leading various places, so we can have this room here now that uh I've forgotten what this room actually is, but uh it looks very nice. If you're wondering what the phone call was about, by the way, I, I've booked myself a... Uh, it, it's Sunday when I'm recording this, and I thought I'd treat myself to a, a Sunday lunch from a nearby pub, have it home delivered, so they were just calling to uh, take card payment for that. Right now, this is one awesome number cruncher, but it means I can isolate the virus and, I hope, destroy it. Mm. By exposing yourself to it. Don't worry, Destiny. We both know I'm not that easy to kill. Oh, that's, that's an interesting animation goof on the back of Scarlet's hair there. But look what happened to Adam and Serena when they went self to It almost looked like the the back of his hair what if you was had sort of his face on it. Something went a bit weird with the uh, the lighting and the shadows there, which is which is a shame because uh, we're now it's now uh, after dark on Skybase and uh, yeah, the room looks nice and atmospheric and moody. Destiny's going to shut herself in Colonel White's office. She will be safe from the effects of the virus. While Scarlet attempts to go through Green's console to try and isolate the thing. Safely out of view. Okay. Here goes. Knock, knock. And yeah, here we go with an explanation of what the virus actually is. And at this point, you know, I could accept the... Uh, the robotic nature of people when they start to self-destruct but here we actually see what has been imprinted on people to make them do this and let, let's not be uh let's not be uh let's not beat about the bush here the the imagery is quite is quite intense 
it's meant to imply that this urge for, for self-destruction, for suicide, is caused by the Mistrons presenting images of the very worst of humanity. And in that case, I don't understand why people who've tried to kill themselves aren't more hysterical at the sight of... What's this? This is World War II footage. The music's doing a great job here, by the way. Yeah, aerial combat footage. There was a statue coming down there. Somebody cradling a, 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 a child, an atom bomb going off. This is quite heavy stuff for a kid's show, and I'm just surprised that when people self-destruct as a result of seeing this... Can you hear me? Th ...this part of the virus, they're not sort of screaming and crying. Oh, oh, no, Scarlet sheds a tear there. I... I'm alright. I mean, I don't know, maybe this is just part of, uh, like, a defence mechanism of the virus if anyone tries to delete it. Virus isolated. Cross-referencing data with Spectrum Medical Databank. And, uh, I mean, to be fair, this isn't the most heroic conclusion to an episode Scarlet has ever been part of, you know, just typing away on the keyboard. Treatment identified. But he's found it. He's isolated the virus. Deleted it. Now he's got to go somewhere. Because he can't deal with what he's seen. Stop, Paul. You don't have to do this. Oh, Destiny. You should have thought this through. Could have had maybe like, a, I don't know, um, an anaesthetic on standby, just in case. Didn't think this through. Anyway, Scarlet's off to engineering. And this is where, again, we're making really good use of the control room set here, where we've got multiple lifts. Um, Destiny is following Scarlet in the other lift. He's already made it to engineering. She's not quite there yet. Oh, now she thinks to use her gun on the stun setting. Oh, this is a lo another lovely set as well, this engineering set. Oh, Again, the question of why a Spectrum pistol Destiny. is designed to cut through Spectrum armor. Cheated. Scarlet's trying to make his way into the Skybase reactor. You'll be disintegrated. Don't. And she shot him again. But it's still not going to stop him. He's a man on a mission. And she shot him again. Just shrug that one off. Radiation leak imminent. Radiation leak imminent. This is rather reminiscent of uh, Zoroth walking into the reactor in Force of Life, but now Destiny has switched her gun to kill mode. That's it, that got him. Because again, of course, Spectrum armor cannot stand up to Spectrum firearms. I suppose it's a it's a convenient thing for certain stories, but I, I, from a real-world perspective, I would have to question why. So did I. Anyway. Good thing, I guess. Everything's all better now. Everyone's okay. Yay. Some kind of electronic neural stimulation seems to have fixed everyone. Ah, oh, all right, okay. I'll take your word for that. I still need treatment. Oh, no. No, you... Ah. Uh... No. Oh. I ought to shoot you more often. Oh, God. Got me right through the heart. 
Excuse me for a moment, I've got some urgent business. There's a bucket outside I've got to be sick into. Oh, new Captain Scarlet, what is it with you about being phenomenally good and then just those endings? Ugh. Anyway, that was Virus. That's another strong episode from the second series. Not quite one of the greats. Really nice idea. Um, again, it becomes the Scarlet and Destiny show. I much prefer it when the show makes full use of its characters because there's some lovely characters here and uh, they many of them get some moments to shine here, including Mad Old Magenta. That was his uh, first and last speaking role on the series. Lovely. How bizarrely yes. appropriate for the episode where Jeremy Hitchin comes in, that uh, oh, a, a show yes. that he guested in multiple times. Of course. Uh, That's so I've you, been Chris. watching New Captain Scarlet over on Amazon Prime, actually. I thought Why? I'd dive in. Yeah. Well, I watched a... F there's a was, I don't know if it still is, was available, a free episode on the Jerry Anderson uh, YouTube channel. There's two or three, I think. Right, great, still there. Uh, so I watched those a few months ago, and uh, yeah, I was just browsing through Amazon Prime the other day, like you do, for something to watch, and there it was, in its entirety. Two series. Yes, two whole series so, uh, and, so in, in, and Terra yeah. Hawks and other stuff on Prime right now. But yeah. I'm glad you've been watching it and you're enjoying it. I really love it. I, I love New Captain Scarlet. And uh, it's a shame. I mean, you know, people always lament that it wasn't as a, a, a great a success as perhaps it might have been because of the scheduling and the way ITV treated it on the Saturday Morning Kids show and so on. But mm. it is such a shame because some really strong writing there from Phil Ford. The, the graphics still really stand up. The characters are great. You know, we know them, of course, from the original Captain Scarlet, but some of them are sort of slightly tweaked and developed a little more. Yeah, I'm really enjoying New Captain Scarlet. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Well, there yeah, you go. Good stuff. Postron, if you've not tried New Captain Scarlet before, then what, what, mm. what, what are you what, waiting what, for? What? There's three episodes <laughs> on YouTube to give it a try. You've got the hearty recommendations of Chris Dale and Richard yes. James right here. Indeed. And if you've got Amazon Prime, you can watch all of it for free. So... Yep, what's stopping right. you? Go and do it, yep. and then uh, drop us a line: podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk, and let us know if you've enjoyed it, or yep. not if that you've enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, now, over on our YouTube channel, talking of all things video, uh, people have been commenting on the uh, the excerpts that you've been posting of Jerry Anderson's directorial debut. You've never seen this. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, for example, <laughs> quite nice. A contributor, Anti Toast the Second, posted: People saw Anderson's name on the end and probably thought, "Oh, he won't be anything special." I mean, he became one of the biggest and most prolific television producers of all time. Yeah, who knew at the time? <laughs> Hungry Boy posted uh, during a most dire month this is the best pick-me-up I could ask for. Oh. Thank you. But the flip side of that John Donaldson tweeted, or rather posted this is plain creepy. Just saying. I mean, it is a bit you, odd, isn't it? You wait till you see the rest of it. <laughs> there's, two, ah. there's two and a bit more episodes to come of that and there's Great. Uh, there's some very strange stuff. Now, rather excitingly I have yeah. found in Dad's archive some bits and pieces relating to the recording of You've Never Seen This. Oh, right. Uh, so I'm going to try and put some stuff together for when we do premiere these these episodes with Network. Yes. Uh, so stand yes. by for more uh, news on You've Never Seen This. Fantastic. So yeah, do pop on over to the YouTube channel and uh, what is it? Is youtube.com forward slash Jerry Anderson TV. TV, yeah, it's quite easy. Uh, lots of stuff to enjoy there. Posted, I mean, every other day there seems to be something new that picks up thousands of views. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, lots of times a week. And actually, we're working on some quite new cool stuff right now. Um, again, Chris Dale's busy beavering away. He's always beavering doing something. Always, yeah. And I, I think the rest of the team are doing some cool bits and pieces too. So yes, lots more to come. Good. Right. Is that the end of our sesquicentennial episode? It's the end of our sesquicentennial episode. <laughs> sesquicentennial. Oh. 
Yeah, that's that's it. Anyway, look, happy happy 150th to all of you yeah. lovely Podstroms. Um, we're yes. very grateful that you've stuck with us all this time and that more of you are joining every week. That is also that's right. very, very cool. Uh, if this sesquicentennial episode was your first, then please do email us, uh, podcast, <laughs> I was going to say, sesquicentennialpodcast <laughs> at jerryanderson.co.uk. That will come through, actually. I'm going to set up that email address right now. We'll okay. see if anybody emails us that. Uh, you have to spell it right though otherwise it will just get bounced let us know if this is your first uh, and do let us know also if this is your last uh, if we've really oh. put you off hopefully we haven't and you've enjoyed our, your time with us we've certainly enjoyed our time with you uh, yeah. so until next week which is our sesquicentennial plus one <laughs> episode God. we'll uh, we'll go away and leave you to your week have a lovely time bye goodbye sesquicentennial Sesqui sen ten eel. Whatever. Stage one complete. Let's go. Do you think they'll ever guess that it took me 17 takes for each sesquicentennial? No, I think you, it, it'll edit together beautifully That's, and it'll look like you got it right first time. That is the marvel of editors. So. Just like much of the rest of the podcast, to be honest. <laughs> if only they knew all the, all the junk we have to cut out every week. <laughs> Goodness me. Uh, that would be a whole other podcast in itself, wouldn't it? We should do that. Middle of the week, we should release you know, the expurgated bits. <laughs> On the podcast, the unabridged. Uh, That's yeah. right. Well, I mean, I, d- I did say we should do a, a kind of um, a bloopers, a podcast bloopers reel at some point. Um, yeah, we should just be us, just laughing and coughing, Probably and just laughing, having yes. to go to the door, uh, letting the dogs out, letting yeah. the dogs in. Yeah, yeah that's, right. is, that's a lot of it, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, that's by the way, the just before right I let you disappear, what is oh, yeah. going on with your weird cat flap, which is now the head of a cat as a cat flap? You saw that, did you? Well, we've had a cat flap, you know, put, it, put into our kitchen door so that cat, obviously cats can come and go. And uh, on one side, I've painted a picture of a cat with its mouth open and the cat flap is the mouth. Right. And on the other side, yes. I've posted mm. the picture uh-huh. of a cat's bum. No. So it looks like the cat is Have you actually done the... You... Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit Listen, weird. I haven't, I've, I've had a lot of time on my hands recently. I haven't had much to do... It just seemed to fill an hour. <laughs> All right. Let's hope you never have two hours to fill. Goodness knows what you'll do with that. Anyway, right. Okay, I'll leave you to enjoy your your, weird, your front door, which is the you know your face with your mouth open as you uh, go into it. And uh, I don't want to know about no, your back don't, door. Don't, right. No, okay. No, on that note. No. Goodbye. 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 You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.